Welcome to the Tandem Talk Show, where we help women dial in their nutrition and fitness so that they can lose fat, tone up, and transform their lives. And now your host from Tandem Nutrition, Coach G. Yo, hey, what is up, everyone? Coach G here with the amazing, the one and only Coach Kylie for another podcast of the Tandem Talk Show. Guys, I am so, so super excited uh, for this episode. Right now, we're streaming live into our Tone Up Facebook group. And if you're watching right now live, comment live, let us know you're tuning in, and be sure to ask any questions you have for us as we talk about some super huge and important topics um, that we talk a lot about for our clients throughout their fat loss journey. So Kylie, hey, it's great to have you on today. How's your day been going so far today? It has been great. Thank you for letting me come on and talk to the Tandem team live. Super exciting and it is a gorgeous day. So um, all all the feels (laughs) right now. Well, I hope that we get to see Carter today throughout our, our live video as well. Always love seeing <laughs> him. Uh, for those listening who do know who Carter is, Carter is Kylie's pup, uh, and he is absolutely adorable. So we may get uh, a special appearance from him today. And um, But the big topics that we'd love to cover today that uh, are really big, I thought about like what, what would really help our audience out the most when it comes to what do we teach our clients that helps them, you know, lose body fat and stay on track, especially with vacations coming up and you know, different traveling times and the fact that you're in new places and may not be able to work out or even do cardio. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with Kylie a couple of weeks ago before she went on vacation and we had a mixture. The conversation was a mixture of the progress that she made throughout her or that she has been making throughout her own fat loss journey that hit on the power of steps. And also she was preparing for a vacation. And so her and I talked through this together today, and we'd love to give you some more best insight on not only calorie barring, what that is and how and when to use it, but also how to be most effective when dieting during vacations and why you do not need to do cardio to lose body fat and what to do instead. So Kylie, to start us off, give us a quick review of what calorie barring is and when someone might want to use it throughout their fat loss phases. Awesome. I would love to. I love calorie borrowing because I am a very social person. And one of the biggest concerns that I hear from my clients and people in general is, oh, well, I can't go in a fat loss phase, like I, I like to eat out, I like to do these things, I can't do it, it stresses me out. And I'm like, I, we are cool nutrition coaches, okay? So we want to make sure that we figure out something that works within your lifestyle um, for you to be able to maintain and pick up healthy habits. So calorie barring is a really great tool for that. Um, so what ends up happening is we have calorie goals um, as a part of our macros for our clients, and I have one as well. So the calorie goal that we are given um, is what we're shooting for for the day, but we ap- we operate on averages right throughout the week. So we want to average a target 
by the end of the week. So calorie barring allows you to borrow calories from one day and roll them into the next day. So you're able to divide and conquer your life, your schedule, uh, your cravings, and still hit your targets. So just a quick example of what I did in prep for vacation. I had just a very short getaway, right? It was for the uh, like three days. Um, so at the beginning of the week, I borrowed some calories from my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I rolled those extra calories into my Friday, Saturday, um, knowing that those were the days that we were going to have lots of dinners and lunches and um, maybe a cocktail on the beach. So I wanted to make sure that I had those extra calories to enjoy the day, enjoy the moment, and not really worry if I was going to um, go over my normal calorie limit. So that is calorie borrowing in a nutshell. Love that. Great explanation. Could you tell us, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious, how many calories did you personally borrow before your vacation um, to help you stay on track during the times that you know that you'd be eating more than usual? This is a great question. So for that, I'll get a little technical. Um, Coach G has been so kind to give me a calorie goal of 1600 calories, um, which for a normal typical day for me is fine. Um, I know my body and I know if I get below that for too long, I'm not a pleasant person. So we have worked together on a strategy to where I can keep those calories at my minimum. So what I did is knowing what I had coming up, I figured out, okay, if I cut down to about 1350 for a couple of days and really up my water intake, you know, have some sparkling water to help with those cravings or maybe kick up an extra cup of coffee because um, caffeine helps decide those uh, that appetite as well. So mm. I focused on that. So I did about 1350 uh, for Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. So then I had those extra, what, 250 or so calories each day to add up and then divide between there's Carter. If you saw him <laughs> divide between that uh, Friday and Saturday that I wanted to have some extra extra wiggle room to just really be present. Perfect. Yeah. I, I love how you explain to how we look at averages on a week to week basis uh, versus just day-to-day -day calorie intake. And I think that really helps with the all or nothing mindset too, because a lot of women that I talk to, they struggle. Even I did too, quite a few years ago is I had this all or nothing mindset. I feel like if I did not hit my calorie goal in one day, I ruined it all and my progress is gone. And one thing we teach our clients a lot in our programs and that you do a great job teaching your class as well is the power of staying within your weekly average, not only for calories, but also for steps as well. And so I know you're probably thinking like, well, how do you guys keep check of all these calories? And my fitness pal doesn't make it easy, right? Like you can like do some math yourself and, you know, just creating simple, simple Excel spreadsheet and just putting down your calorie goals each day can help you get averages of, you know, each week. And like, you know, Kali said that this is great for if you're going on vacation, if you want to save up calories for a couple, two, three days where, you know, you want to have like a margarita or some alcohol or just you're going out to eat a few times as well. These are great ways to kind of safeguard your progress and kind of build up your calories. So you're allowed to eat more calories because you cut back on a few days before. So super awesome strategy there, Kylie. And outside of vacationing, where, um, what other, what are some other times you've had your clients calorie borrow outside of, you know, typical, typical vacations? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I do have clients that are social and they might have a girls night coming up and mm -hmm. they're like, look, like my friends don't get it. I don't want to be the weird person. That's like, 
counting, whatever. So I say, great, I totally understand. Let's go ahead and calorie borrow from a few days. So that way it's a very subtle change, um, helps them stay consistent with their numbers because we're big on consistency. And um, then we'll roll those extra days into whatever day the girls night is. And I will have them, hey, look at the menu at the restaurant that you're going. Let me know how many glasses of wine do you want to have? Like, let's figure out an idea of how you want to spend that evening. Um, we will plan that day. They'll figure out how they want the night to go. And then we'll build their day around that. So they'll be mm. like, hey, this is how much you want to enjoy dinner and what you want to eat. Cool. We still need to like work on some protein here. And we have X amount of calories left. So then we will build out breakfast and lunch and what that day looks like. So they're going into that day, that event, um, feeling very prepared and in control and set up for success. So a girl's night would be a an example, um, maybe it's an anniversary dinner. Uh, maybe it's they're going out of town for Saturday and they know that they're going to eat out for breakfast and dinner. Or I'm sorry, lunch and dinner. Um, just maybe want to have more of that leniency for that day. You guys, I know that you're probably like here in Cali right now. And she's you can tell she's just so advanced because she's just talking like over these strategies, like it's like her normal, like daily language, but she's li like literally delivering some like next level knowledge here. And like you said it so quickly, like it was like nothing, but I think many people overlook what you just <laughs> said. No, really like what you said is so, so important. And I think that so many people overlook and you kind of just brazed right through it. And I know it's normal to you because you do it with your clients. Like, all the time, right. but there's a big strategy that you just said that I think many people overlook and that is preparing in advance for days, you know, that will be challenging for you. For example, and I'll say two things. This is the first one. If you have a weekend coming up and you know, you'd be at a wedding or a girls night, just as she said, you can like press the arrow in my fitness pal and go to that day, go ahead and pick it out exactly what you want to have from that restaurant, how many drinks, then fill out in advance the rest of the day calorie wise to make sure that you know exactly how many calories you'll be eating. So you don't go into that day worried or anxious or, you know, thinking you're going to fall off track. You just go in there with more confidence. And especially if you're calorie barring, you know how many calories to have the day before and even the day before that. And so that's one thing that was like super, super powerful that I really, if you, you may need to go like, go back and go listen on replay. It was, it was so good, but also you're probably thinking like, guys, like, do you guys not believe in health? I heard like wine and out to eat. Like, yeah. So I know, <laughs> A lot of people, when they diet down, they think they have to give up things like alcohol or going out to eat. But we know just from a science perspective that you can essentially eat anything you want to and still lose body fat, right? So it's not about what you eat, but how much you eat. And here at you know Tandem Nutrition, we do put a big emphasis on the nutrient quality of the food you're consuming. So the reason why we're saying alcohol like wine and going out to eat is because you know this is like social lives of clients, of people, and like our main goal is to help people find success in their normal day-to-day -day lifestyles for losing body fat. Because we know the biggest thing that will keep someone, from, keep someone from losing fat on a consistent basis is taking them out of their lifestyle and making them do something that you, they do not enjoy or makes them feel resentment towards not being able to do things with their family or with their friends. And it's not fun. You quit doing it and you just re, you lapse or relapse and you end up just going back to what you were doing, which wasn't working. And you you end up getting regaining that weight plus more. So Kylie, super like big knowledge bombs right there. That was guys, if you found that helpful as much as I did, because I did for sure, comment fat loss below to show Kylie some love uh, for sharing what she did. That was yeah. super, super guys. That these are some next level strategies. So um, I love that. So let's go on to 
dieting during vacation specifically. Maybe you already talked about that, but I know sometimes when I'm on calls with you know people who are interested in our program, it's like, well, what do I do for like vacations? And <clears throat> what what do you typically what are the options that you give to clients when they want to go on vacation and if they want to diet, what types of what types of advice or strategies do you give them? Yeah, I'm actually going to shout out Coach Ashley for this one because this was a tip that I learned from her. And I actually thought about it with my own vacation of I want you, this is what I'll tell my clients too, I want you to think about how you want to feel on vacation. I want you to envision what does it look like when you have those meals? What does it, what does your day look like? Is it revolved around food? Is it revolved around activity? And then most importantly, after that day is done, when you come back, how do you want to feel? Because Ooh. I think a lot of times people get in the moment of we go off of our feelings, right? Like, oh, well, you know what? I don't care. This is how I feel right now. But then you come back and you're like, I feel guilty. I shouldn't have made that choice, you know? And then you beat yourself up and then it's this vicious cycle that is so unnecessary because like these things are called life. Life happens. We want to learn to navigate through mm. life. So... For prepping for vacation, I always ask my clients, how do you want this vacation to go? And mm. are we focusing on maintaining right where we're at for this week? Or are you wanting to really push through and lose and continue your progress? Because there's no wrong answer. This is your journey. It is your life. And it is okay if you're like, hey, I'm good where I'm at. I just don't want to gain while I'm gone. Mm. So I figure out where they're at. Um, and then we'll make a plan from there. So if they say, hey, I just want to maintain, then kind of, again, what we just talked about with calorie borrowing, but maybe not even, maybe not even calorie borrowing, maybe that they're gone for two weeks and they're like, I can't calorie borrow for two weeks. So maybe it's more intentional. And so we walk through a plan of like, okay, do, what does vacation look like for you guys? Do you typically go out to eat for dinners? Are you, lately everybody's been going to Florida. So we'll use the Florida condo as an example. You're staying in a condo or an Airbnb. Are you eating out for breakfast too? Or are you, is dinner the only meal you're eating out for? What does that look like? And so kind of walk with them through their routines on vacation and then try to meet them where they're at. So that way it's not like, you know, my mother-in-law makes these foods. So I'm going to go and make my own food because I can't eat what they're eating. Like, yeah. let's really dive into what your routine on vacation is because everybody's different and mm -hmm. i could tell you what works for me but if that's not how you vacation then it's not going to work for you um so but i would say to sum that up after i figure out how the client wants to feel on vacation and their expectations then we make a plan the plan is key having a plan and knowledge bonds <laughs> yeah so that is such so i love the fact that like and that's you know there's one word by the way, amazing job, Coach Ashley and Kylie for like thinking, like having this great concept. And there's every time I speak with Ashley, there's one word that always comes to my mind. It's just intentionality. And, uh, and, yeah. and you two do really great with planning ahead and being prepared. And so I love this idea of like thinking through challenges that you that may come up and then finding solutions to those before they even happen. It's kind of like when you're driving down the road and you have like, I have my, my GPS on it war warns you of a roadblock. So it takes you, gives you an alternate route. So it kind of like safeguards you again from like, you know, getting held up and maybe not making the progress you want to, because you already thought about um, what, what could happen. So love that. So planning is absolutely key as well. So super cool. And you know, one thing that I personally do is when I go on vacation that, is helpful. I mean, I, I pack a lot of protein snacks, uh, like protein bars, protein. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really weird. Like I would, um, 
I used to like in high school and college when I was traveling a lot, I would get these Ziploc bags and I would like, I don't know why I did this, but I, I would fill them up with like whey protein and like creatine. And I'm like, it looked just really bad. And then I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I think I was trying to save money or something like that. And so I don't know, but anyway, and so while I was at the airport, I would like buy coffee and I'd get this scuba wear protein and I would like put my protein in the coffee and I get like protein coffee and it tasted amazing, especially if it was iced. So, and then I love to eat with my family, my friends when I go home. So one thing I did personally was I kind of alternate the way I eat in which I would, I would think through the times I know we have dinners and lunches together and I would um, either uh, macro shift or calorie shift throughout the day. So there's a little bit of difference between calorie shifting, macro shifting, and calorie barring. So calorie barring could be two plus days or you know one plus day, and macro shifting or calorie shifting is within a day. So it's it's shifting your calories within a given day. So for example, if I knew like my brother was having a birthday party or something like that, I would, you know, and I wouldn't have a lot of food, right? We had pancakes coming up and I want to have a thousand calories. I would probably skip breakfast, have a protein only lunch so I can have the rest of my calories in one or two meals. And that's what really helps me stay focused on track and and like not feel bad was I hit my calorie goal. It just was just in fewer meals. So um, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kylie, for sharing what you did. That was super, super helpful. Anything else you want to add on that? No, I think, you know, what you covered with the calorie shifting, that's, yes, I do that too. And that's a great idea, um, especially too, if there's things like, I don't know, dessert that you need to have or pancakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so no, I think that's great. Wonderful. Thank you. We had a question come in. How do you know when to sh uh, calorie shift versus calorie borrow? Callie, how would you answer that question? Oh, I was going to want to hear what you say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The biggest thing is- I would love is, to hear what you say. I guess it depends on two things. So again, just knowing the difference differences between calorie borrowing and calorie shifting. Again, calorie shifting throughout the day. It's more for like more last minute things where like something came up all of a sudden and you couldn't plan for it, prepare for it. Therefore, you couldn't borrow calories for it. Therefore, you're like, hey, okay, I realized I got this news at 9 a.m. that I have this company party this evening. And so I'm going to be more intentional with the rest of my day until that time to make sure I stay on track. Now you could reverse calorie borrow, right? And that's not one thing I really recommend. Reverse calorie borrowing essentially you um, go over your calorie goal then you eat less three to four days afterwards. But that's just something I don't work for my own experiences. I don't recommend that because that can turn into like a really kind of a nasty cycle of like, well, I can just, I'll just right. eat less the next day. Right. And then you get in this habit of like, I can have 3000 calories. I'll just starve myself for like four days. And like, no, I've done that. So I know it's, I mean, it's personally not my thing. Right. And so, but for, if you have a bigger event and especially if you want to make sure that you have enough calories. So for example, if your calorie goal is 1600 and you have a weekend coming up and you want to have 2000 calories a day, like you can plan and prepare for that. So you can lessen the impact and even come out on your weekly average level the same uh, on an average basis versus like day to day. So I guess to sum your your uh, sum this up, I'd say calorie shifting throughout the day is more for last minute type things. And when you have more time, you can plan ahead. Then calorie barring might be a better option in those cases. Yeah. I agree. I, the only thing I would add to that is I love that it is that last minute because I find myself doing that a lot. Like 
if all of a sudden I have my girls want to go have dinner or I have a date, it's like, oh, okay. So then I'm like protein focused. So that way I can enjoy, but I don't necessarily need more calories to enjoy dinner. I just need to reallocate them within the day. So I think that was a really great, I love, love that. There was something else I was going to go off of that and I forget, but you said something that I, I don't really No, Yeah. Great answer too. And you said something that I don't think a lot of people would know why you said it, but you said protein focused. Tell us why you yes. said that and why, it, what is protein, what is being protein focused and why would you focus on that on a day that you may be calorie shifting? We know that protein is the one macro that we're like, hey, this is really going to help you in your journey. It's going to help you feel fuller longer. It's going to help build that muscle, help burn that body fat. So protein is our most important macro. And so protein too, when you go out to eat, tends to be the least one that you get. So trying to be intentional on hitting that calorie goal and that protein goal, I know that if I'm going to go out to dinner, the chances of me having a very high protein dinner is slim. Um, it might be balanced, but it's probably going to be a little higher in carbs and fats, um, especially with how they're cooking. Um, and then just the side dishes that it comes with your protein is only going to be probably a small part of your entree. Mm. So I try to focus on lean proteins for breakfast and lunch, because that's going to be fewer calories, higher protein. It's going to get me to my protein goal to where by the time I get to dinner, I really only have maybe 30 grams of protein, 20 or 30 grams of protein left to hit. And I know the basically with whatever entree that I get that, you know, I love meat. So that has meat in it. I'm going to hit or exceed that protein goal, um, which is a win-win. So that's why I focus on lean proteins for breakfast and lunch. So good. And I want to add to that too. Like that's one of the first things we have our clients focus on when, when choosing a, a healthy snack or building a healthy meal is like, what is your protein for this meal? Like we need to prioritize protein because we know that if you go a long time without eating food, that your, your body could use up, you know, muscle for, for energy. And if we're not having protein, then again, muscle can be used for, for energy. And we don't want that to happen because there's a, a very close correlation between muscle and metabolism. And we know that women who make the best results, uh, and you know, our clients really focus on protein throughout the day and in three to four or five different meals, evenly spaced. And I, um, had mentioned earlier on an IG live, but you don't have to have like, you know, a meal every two, three hours, but having a, a protein focused meal every three to five could help maintain muscle mass, maintain satiety and even blood sugar levels as well. Um, which could help just maintain your calorie intake longer too, which can help you lose fat. So thank you so much for mentioning that. That was so excellent, Kylie. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So let's jump in for our last topic. Let's jump in the power of steps because I really feel like this is really unique to our methodology and, and how we help our clients because we talk a lot about like a lot about steps and not a lot about cardio. In fact, there's a lot of our clients who do not do purposeful cardio. And I, that's one message that I want our team to continue to educate people on is like, you don't have to do cardio for fat loss, right? Like it's important for general health, but you know, there's other ways to burn calories through activity that, you know, helps to optimize your health, increase cardiovascular fitness that doesn't have you driving to a gym, spending 30 minutes on a treadmill or elliptical and you're driving back. And so Kylie, when it comes to uh, programming and steps for 
our clients and for your clients specifically, why, why do we look at steps first versus saying, hey, go do like three 45 minute sessions on the stair climber? Like, why do we focus on steps first? Um, it is a low impact, which is great for our joints, right? Um, it's low impact, but it um, is just a very, I don't want to say easy because it depends. I know my clients would be like, it's not easy. It's easy <laughs> in the sense of you can do it anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's very, very low impact, which is what I love about it. And it always keeps that body moving. It forces that activity. Um, somebody, another one of our coaches, Talia, who's just amazing, had a good point when I was on a call with her with one of my clients of like, our bodies were not made to sit eight to 10 hours a day. That's not how we were created. That's not how we were designed. Um, we were always moving working in the fields, walking places before cars. I mean, that's how ancient I'm talking about. But, you know, at the beginning of creation, how we were designed. So walking was always something that was planted in us that we would be doing um, to maintain a healthy body. Mm. Um, so if you even want to trace those roots all the way back there, that's how important walking is and why it's such a great, great alternative. They probably only ran when like lions or dinosaurs were chasing them. Before, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> so... That is, is one reason why we love cardio, but I'm going to give a little secret. I actually do not, unless I have clients that love cardio, then we talk about it. Um, but for the most part, that's not the normal person. It's like, I love running, give me, let me run. Um, <laughs> I, the cardio goal that I give my clients is actually steps. Um, and I say, I would much rather you focus on, let's hit this step goal and let's walk. Yeah. Um, if you want to take those steps and turn it into a run, that's do what makes you happy and what mentally releases you that you need to do. Um, but my cardio goal for my clients is actually just steps um, because it is that big of a deal and yeah. that much of a game changer. Love that. And I agree too. I think that too, the, there's two times where I would, um, I would directly recommend cardio for clients. And that's number one, like you said, uh, for people who just love cardio, right and who love it for the right reasons right you gotta love it because you enjoy it not because you think you have to do it for fat loss like yeah. here and we really have these really critical questions because hey, well i love to run like what about running do you do you love most do you actually like enjoy running? i mean i used to be a runner so i get it i enjoyed it but then i started doing it for the wrong reasons I started doing it because i just want to burn calories so i can eat more really bad another bad cycle got into but and also if i have a client who's just really having a hard time hitting like four or five thousand steps a day and i'm like hey let's let's think about some ways to get this um to make this a little bit easier and it could be like a walk jog type thing or like just more purposeful and intentional activity towards that and one big thing i love about walking too is that it's like low impact it's low stress it decreases cortisol levels it enhances recovery does not impact your performance in your upcoming workouts and also does not drain your uh your the central nervous system energy and so one thing i see that's come very popular in today's like society and fitness is uh you know a lot of high intensity classes that you know for 45 minutes to an hour which really puts a lot of stress on the body and like, those are great, like in moderation, like moderation, what is moderation? Like right. one to two times per week is fine. But like, if you're a woman who's really wanting to lose body fat, tone up and, you know, really get a flat stomach, we, there has to be a balance between a healthy balance between 
weight training at least three to four days per week. And when I say weight training, I think people think that like we're doing like burpees and like jumping jacks, you know, during sets, like these are, you know, sets, three to four sets of eight to 10, maybe 12 reps with 90 seconds rest. And so these are actual weight training sessions. And this is much different and has a much different effect than doing like a lot of cardio and a lot of, a lot of hit. And a lot of, we've, we've taken a lot of clients who were doing like five or six sessions of high intensity classes a week, brought them down to two to three, even like to one, or even none. Energy went up, stress went down. They just dropped water because as cortisol levels increase, water retention increases as well. And just fat loss happens at a lot quicker rate because the body's not in such a stressed, uh, stressed mode. So, um, yeah, steps are super, super interesting. And, um, how do you know when to increase when it comes to like, let's say Kylie, that you have a client and let's say that she's plateaued and let's say they're, she's at least 80% adherent with their, with her, um, you know, calorie goal, macro goals, training, and even their steps. Um, and it's time to make an adjustment to their steps. How do you know, how, how do you, how do you make increases to that typically? Well, my favorite example is my own story. And when Coach G decided to increase my steps, um, I was not the most cheerful about it. But what was happening is I, through all of my fat loss journey, phasic dieting, I had been stuck at a certain weight. I would bounce between these two weight numbers. And last time what we had done, it was like drop calories. And that was fine. Um, I was in a different place mentally and my body was in a different place. So, but just even being in that lower calorie range, I knew that I was not pleasant to be around. So um, he gave me an option. He goes, well, you don't have to drop calories. I'm like, what? I didn't know this, like to explain. And so he increased my steps um, to increase that output of energy. But like he just said, it was low stress. Um, it was good recovery. And so all these benefits of already being intentional with steps, but all these benefits just increased um, for me to bust through that plateau. And so he saw, okay, I see what's happening. Like we could go this pace and you'll probably gradually still lose, but very slowly. Um, but in order to uh, push me through that plateau quicker, he upped my steps. And it was one of those of like, Oh my gosh, calling all of my friends. Guys, you'll never guess what just happened to me. You know, so I pushed through my plateau. And so I think it is, is when, like he said, uh, your clients are 80% adhered to their goals and, you know, they're doing a good job of being intentional, but they just need that little bump. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would go and have that consultation with my client of, hey, where are you at with this? Do you, do you want to decrease some calories? Like, how are you feeling with getting the steps in where we're at? Or... Do we still love food a whole lot? And we just know that it's worth it to just go on an extra walk in the evenings with it getting summer and gorgeous outside. Um, not only is the vitamin D and being outside good for us, but those extra steps are good for us too. So, Especially for Carter. Especially for Carter. You know, though, he, he is passed out sleeping. Um, but yeah, he enjoys being outside and exploring. Maybe not as much as what I do, but... I could tell in the days that you uh, had hit your step goal that I'd see you on or quarter on uh, your stories. And he is like literally passed out like a little human on your couch and his head was on the, on the, like the armrest. And so he did a good job too. And so he got some, some fun activity outside as well. So um, 
No, great response. I'm so glad to hear that you had such a great, you, that you saw some really great progress from increasing steps. And yeah, a very pow- powerful question that you just had as well, in case anyone mentioned it. Like, you know, coaches here at Tandem, we just don't say do this, do this. And like, there's options and because we want to help find the best option for you. There's not always, there's even with our approach and our formulas, there's options within the formula to optimize it to you specifically. So love those questions. Yeah. One other question we had was how, how do cortisol levels correlate to the type of exercise we do and fat loss? Mm-hmm. So one thing that is important to know about exercise is when exercise is at, is at a high intensity, it uh, stimulates um, it stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, which so with you know not adrenaline and adrenaline that causes an increase in stress. And so when there's increase in stress, um, that typically comes from being very active or in like the flight or f- a flight or fight response. So doing something at a very, very high intensity. And so that's okay for short terms of the body's not meant to live in f- flight or fight mode. And so the reason and how that correlates to fat loss is a couple of reasons. Number one, especially when it's done for long periods of time, I've, I've noticed that you burn a lot of calories through, through hit. Right. And so there's two ways. Number one, and this this is may, may get kind of complex, but essentially it decreases energy availability to a very high extent. So we talk, we work with a lot of people who go to these exercise classes five to six days a week. They're eating twelve hundred calories a day, eleven hundred calories a day, and they're doing these classes five or six times a week. They're burning a thousand calories per class. So as you, as you can imagine, you're burning a, a, or a thousand calories, yeah, six hundred to eight hundred calories per class. As you can imagine, you're burning a lot of calories. You're eating so few calories. And because the availability of energy is so low, the body has, the body has to do, the body has to either, like you have to either do so much more cardio or eat less to see a negative response or a response on the scale for fat loss. And so that's why it's, that's the first reason why it's so hard to see fat loss when you're doing high intensity at a high frequency for a long period of time, especially when combined with a low calorie diet. Number two, we just know when the body's in a very stressed response, it doesn't, um, it, it's, you still can lose body fat, but it's not as efficient as if it was at a, a lower stress response. And so there's some conditions out there with elevated cortisol levels that has been shown that it's just a, it's, it's a very hard time for fat loss to happen consistently because the body's under stress and know that like stress is, doesn't just come from exercise. It comes from like mental stress, life stress, work stress, all these stressors. And that's just one thing we take into account with the women we work with is like, we know that we, you have so much other stress happening in your life that we're going to like minimize stress here. So we can like decrease the stress in your life and really help fat loss happen over time more easily. Would you add anything to that, Kylie? That was a fabulous answer. And I love that you incorporated like, not just like stress in the body when you're working out, like it is your job, it is your kids, it's your family, it's your sleep. It is all these stressors on the body, all of that plays a part into the fat loss, right? So you could be doing all the right things nutritionally, but if you aren't getting that rest and recovery, and if your body cortisol levels are so high and you're surrounded by all of this stress, then it's going to be a little bit harder for you um, to drop body fat. Um, so just, I say that for grace for women, yeah. like have grace with yourself. You could do all of the right things with your nutrition. And sometimes it's an environmental issue. Um, and that doesn't mean that that's impossible. It just means we need to know about your life and your lifestyle and what you're walking through to be able to come alongside you in that moment, um, to help you, 
push through and to get mm. results that you deserve and are working so hard for. Absolutely. And I will say too, another, another way that we can assess, not that we're not like doctors or anything, but I can, I can, by, by, by looking at pictures, we can kind of see who's under a lot of stress, especially physical stress, because sometimes there is, um, there's the, the person typically holds more body fat in the midsection than normal. And the reason for that is because most of our, of our cortisol receptors are in our midsection. So when we eat calories, especially under stress, there's a, there's a preference for the body to store triglycerides or known as fatty acids uh, in the midsection in those receptors. So that's, so there's a difference between storing body or like releasing body fat and losing body fat. And just know that just because you're storing body fat does not mean you're gaining body fat there and doesn't mean that scale will go up. But again, that's how hormones affect nutrient partitioning and the way you lose or not lose weight from very high stress levels. Another good question here is I feel like I've plateaued and I've lowered calories. These are some great questions, you guys. Thank you so much for these questions. The question was, I feel like I've plateaued and I've lowered calories, uh, calories, increased steps. I've lost about 10 pounds in 12 weeks. Is it time for a metabolic reset? So first off, great job losing 10 pounds in 12 weeks. That's fantastic. And so whether or not it's a good time for a metabolic reset depends on quite a few different factors. Number one, like I would say, how many more, more pounds do you have left to lose? Let's say it's, if it's less than five or seven, I would, and let's say your hunger is less than uh, seven on a scale to 10 and you're able to be consistent, then I would push more for losing those last three to five, maybe seven pounds. Um, max seven, I wouldn't go more than tw you know 20 weeks total in a fat loss phase. Even 16 is kind of cutting it. But if you are really hungry right now, you're craving a lot of things. And if you are kind of sure you can't be consistent with continue your fat loss phase, despite having three to five pounds left to lose, I would cut that. I would end your fat loss phase. I would spend uh, four to six weeks in, in a metabolic reset phase, getting your calories back up to the calorie level you were before you started dieting, then start your next fat loss phase. Mm -hmm. But great job, increasing steps, dropping calories. And I think that's a yeah. big thing that... Many people don't realize that when you start a fat loss journey, your starting calorie levels, your starting calorie goal, macro goals are not your ending because you have to make adjustments to, to not only your calories, but also your steps as well, because you're going to hit plateaus and we have to increase our energy deficit through decreasing calories and increasing steps to overcome those plateaus. So you're on the right track, it sounds like. And again, this really depends on, you know, how far you are away from your goal and how you're feeling and what you feel like the next best steps for you are based upon your current state. Kylie, what would you add to that? I just was thrilled, one, at the progress so far. I know, and right? I think your answer was great. It's, it's not like, it's not necessarily white or black, just of a blanket statement. Well, this is my progress. Do I go into metabolic reset? So I think you addressed that very well, that there are different factors that go into it. Um, but yes, there's nothing I would add because you did great. Perfect. Perfect. Well, awesome. These are some great questions. If you guys are watching uh, live and or in replay, keep dropping those questions down below. Uh, we'll get to them after our um, after this is over. But thank you so much, Kylie, for joining uh, me today on this episode. This was so fun. And guys, if you got value from today's episode, type in value below. Show Kylie some love for her time today. Kylie, we really appreciate your time, your expertise, all the knowledge bombs you dropped today. And uh, hope to have you back on the podcast here pretty soon. So. Thank you for your time. Of and uh, I look forward to chatting Thank with you again. Thank you so much.
Of course, my pleasure. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. You guys have a great day. All right, guys, talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Tandem Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.